Hey, Curios, it's Chris and Trent, and this is another episode of Mask for Mask. All right, everybody, we are so excited for this episode. We have a very special guest. We have Carolyn from Diking Out, the podcast, and it is going to be so fun to talk to her. Yeah, we're really excited. So let's just jump right in with Carolyn. Enjoy. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us on Mask for Mask. We're huge fans. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, can you introduce yourself to our Queerios? Sure. Uh, my name is Carolyn Bergier. I am the creator and co-host of the Diking Out podcast and also a stand-up comedian and writer. Awesome. Well, we're so excited to have you. We want to talk a little bit about like, uh, you know, being queer and being a comedian and kind of that part of your life. And then, like I said, we also want to play a little game with you. Does that sound OK? That sounds wonderful. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what it's like, maybe at a high level, if you want to get into some stories, but what it's like to be a woman queer in comedy. Like there's a lot of layers there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. Being in New York is especially interesting for doing this. And a lot of comedians who come from other cities are shocked at how big the queer scene is here. So I host a monthly stand-up show at the Stonewall Inn um, with past guests of the podcast and future guests and uh, just some other people as well. And it's mostly queer women and non-binary people make up almost all the lineups and we've been doing it for over a year with like very little repeats and that's me being picky about who I put on the lineup so it's like amazing there are so many queer comics in New York and it it is great um but they're like the the comedy community is a mess. It's a little bit of a nightmare. Uh, you know, traditionally, it's very yeah. uh, dominated by cis straight men who really feel like they should be tackling topics like um, like transgender people and <laughs> right. uh, me too. And they really want their contrarian takes to be heard. And like, I've heard so many... Oh, it was a nightmare around when Caitlyn... Jenner was transitioning because 95% of the people talking about it were cis straight men. Yeah. Yikes. Oh my, no. Right. And as you can imagine, what they were saying was not okay. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Maybe a couple that figured out a, a smart and fun way to talk about it, but most of it's garbage. So, and that's how I knew that I liked stand up comedy was that I would go to like these open mics and spend like my evenings and afternoons in like basements with men that I hate uh, <laughs> listening to them be awful. And I kept coming back and I'm like, this is a sickness. Uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, when you were like watching that, like when was your first like time getting on stage? Like what did it take for you to get up there? It was intimidating. You know, I started with improv and then I started doing sketch comedy because uh, when there are other 
people around. If you fail, it's not all on you. But with stand up, if nobody laughs, there is like nobody else to blame but yourself. Yeah, like, so, I really fucked that one up. Yeah, it's a lot more vulnerable. So uh, I finally worked up the nerve to do it with a, a friend of mine who uh, had been doing stand up for like five years or so. And he brought me to my first mic and he was a, a cis straight man. But, uh, you know, one of the good ones and <laughs> they exist, right? I've heard, they do yeah, exist. Unicorns. <laughs> I know. And yeah, he took me to my first mic. And I remember one of the first comics I saw there was actually Emma Willman. Oh, my God. Oh, I love Emma. Yeah. Right. Right. So I was like, OK, this is cool. And there's room for this. And it's almost I feel like it's almost less scary being a lesbian doing comedy than it is being a straight woman because like once men know that like you're not interested in them then that takes like this whole creepy dynamic for the most part off the table I mean I still have guys that like don't get it right um, and like ask for my number and send me like weird texts like happy Easter I'm like what I yeah. met you at a mic a year ago what is no, happening Easter. Yeah. Easter that what a weird I know. That's a weird one Just to go weird. for. Guys are weird. Yeah. But, Men uh, are weird. You know, so, uh, you know, I started out going to these like mixed mics that are mostly men, maybe like no more than three women at any mic. And then I started discovering these queer mics and a lot of them are held in Brooklyn. And I would go to those or sometimes they'd have like women's mics and you'd go to those. But it's it's kind of tough. Like you have to do a little bit of all of them because there are a lot of queer comics that I only see at the queer mics. And my problem with those mics is like, you have no idea how that joke is really going to do in the real world, like in yeah. a different yeah. environment. Cause I could walk up there and be like, went to the gynecologist today and people would be like, go off. <laughs> <Yeah>. And like, <laughs> Just like celebrate whatever I have to say up there. And then they're not really there as much for my like carefully crafted jokes about miscarriages. Yeah. I was going to ask you about the double flush joke later. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like more uh, mixed audiences are more into my dark humor. And then sometimes I'll go into like a queer room talking about like um, my grandma with Alzheimer's and then people are just like really bummed out about it <laughs> but but no they're, they're good they're yeah. you know it, it depends on the room but it is like it, our community wants to be so supportive and like right. comedy in general isn't supportive people like hate you until you prove them otherwise yeah. So uh, it's it's nice to have that like queer community. And, and then sometimes I feel like I'm only getting booked on queer shows and I'm like, oh, but lesbian is just like part of my identity. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. It's fair. Uh, I am known mostly for this podcast called Diking Out. So I can't be mad that that's my brand. <laughs> <laughs> kind of leaning into it there. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and uh it, it is fun, though. And like making friends as an adult is always hard, but it's been so easy to make friends with queer comedians specifically. And there's like a lot of kind of like camaraderie there and everybody wanting to help each other out 
out and like, you know, a, a rising tide lifts all boats mentality instead of more like I feel like the just plain women in comedy scene can be like a little feel a little bit more competitive and you'll get some women who are like oh there can only be like two of us booked on every show so we're fighting for everything and it's like we don't have to you know right i'm caroline i'm kind of curious to know when you uh with like those like you know this uh, straight you know, male comedians and, you know, how just in, you know, today's world and everything and kind of how the times have changed and humor has to change as well. Have any comedians yeah. in that space, have they like approached you and, and, and have I asked for your like advice or expertise, like just to like, you know, keep, you know, I don't know if like, I don't want to be like, you're like, like the, like the lesbian guru, but like, you know what I mean? Like, do they approach and be like, I want my, I want my sketches to be, uh, you know, really good, but also, like you know correct and not inappropriate or they're okay for all audiences like you know what I mean have they have you ever had that yeah um I guess like workshop with other comedians that's really cute that you think men want to improve themselves (laughs) Uh, okay yes oh no thank you unfortunately (laughs) no you know they're there, there are a couple, uh, maybe actually I can only think of one guy I'm friends with who will run jokes by me, but not even ones that are like specifically about the queer community. I think they know better, like just as much as I wouldn't run any of my jokes on race by a black person because yeah. that's not their job to like right. workshop yeah. my my hot takes on like white guilt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So like I'm I'm happy if people if people want to talk about that kind of stuff but usually um usually they don't and I will call it out though if I if I go to a mic and I hear somebody say something and they're just completely clueless to how ignorant it sounds sometimes I'll approach them. Sometimes I'm like, I'll just let you keep failing. But if they seem like... (laughs) Let Twitter um, drag them, right? Yeah. Right, right. Uh, It's really, you know, sometimes I just want to have like a cis straight guy uh, on my Stonewall show just to watch them fail. (laughs) And just like... (laughs) Because here's the thing. Like a lot of times... Uh, comedians some of the like outspoken ones are like cancel culture like which isn't a real thing and they're like you know you have you can't be in safe spaces and comedy and blah 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 and uh, you know try doing a show in the middle of Pennsylvania and I'm like yeah I would feel great about a show at a club in the middle of Pennsylvania because there I could tell like fart jokes and everybody would be in stitches. But you try coming to Stonewall and make a room full of like bitter dykes laugh. Yeah. <laughs> just try it. <laughs> like it's going to be so much harder. I just that's why I think it's so interesting, though, because I think that, yeah, like uh, what you were saying about comedians not being able to like if they don't get out there and use their jokes with a mixed audience. Um, I just kind of wondered, yeah, kind of like flip side of that, you know, obviously it's like uh, the Stonewall uh, uh, place where you hold um, your 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 comedic nights is very specific. But it's interesting to like hear that uh, other queer comedians won't go out there um, or are a little less willing to do so just because like you kind of have to know like if where the humor lands uh, for mixed uh, audiences and things like that. Yeah, like they're. 
are so many, the majority of open mics are awful. And I just hear so many people that will refuse to go to them. And I, I almost kind of like going to the really bad ones sometimes, because it's like, if you can win (laughs) those, uh, you know, I'm just going to say it. A lot of these guys are losers. And if you can win a room full of losers over, <laughs> who are just like yeah. <laughs> sad and bitter guys. Now, again, you know, not all not all comedians. Uh, some comedians are like the greatest people I know, uh, regardless of gender or orientation, whatever. It, there are a lot of great people there. Of there are also yeah. a yeah. lot of people who just hate their moms and want somebody to listen to them. <laughs> I went to a stand-up and this guy was just talking about his penis for like 15 minutes. I'm like, sure. (laughs) I'm sure there's a subreddit for this, bro. Like, right. And and then you'll go to an all women's mic and then it'll be a bunch of straight women talking about blowjobs and you're like, I can't escape it. I can't escape this. (laughs) I can't escape it. Oh no, I've never thought about that. I love that. Yeah, honestly, like gay men probably talk about penises the least shockingly like I mean (laughs) our podcast might say otherwise but in general rhetoric I think you're right like I I really don't talk about unless my straight like girlfriends are like hey penis 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 I'm like yeah okay yeah sure let's get into it Mm -hmm. yeah when I and I had a question that I wanted to ask around like comedy right so I think a lot of folks in comedy um especially now or or there's a larger magnifying glass being put on comedians right like being more careful about like the identities or or the groups of folks that you go after and you know your your comedy is like pretty dark and it's super (laughs) hilarious uh like you know you make a miscarriage joke about like the double flesh feature on a toilet like I was laughing my ass off I also don't you know have a body that would have a miscarriage right so I'm just curious like how do you how do you balance like this like unexpected or like this like like culture or pc like environment i i I don't know if you want to talk about that at all sure i do live in fear constantly i uh, (laughs) you're like it fuels my comedy (laughs) i live in fear constantly Uh, (laughs) i do i have so much anxiety about uh you know, saying something and then just like waking up to finding out that the world hates me because I made a joke. Like I censor myself so much. I probably delete tweets as much as I actually keep them up. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like, like, okay. yeah. yeah. If it goes like one minute without a like, I'm like, uh Oh, this is problematic and I better take it down. But like, yeah, you know, as a comedian, you always kind of want to skirt different edges by trying to find like unexpected angles of things, but like pushing boundaries doesn't always have to mean being, uh, offended, which some people don't seem to understand that, you know, just being offensive isn't pushing boundaries um right Mm -hmm. and you know one thing that I do a lot of my comedy is I try to make it a lot more personal to me so that I'm not just like dunking on other groups and when I've tried to broach 
topics that are maybe like a little bit weird. Like people, people are, people are so uncomfortable now that it's so much harder to do those kind of jokes. Like I was actually trying to work something out around this idea of like, there's so many things right now that I do that are, that I know are wrong and I do them anyway, like eating meat. Right. right. Like the vegan, the yep. vegans are right on this for many reasons. Yeah. I'm still eating meat. And like in, in five years when we're all like paddling in kayaks around Manhattan and like eating our seaweed rations, Stop. people are going to think that I'm like a monster for, for eating meat when there were other options. Right. Amazing. Oh, no. yeah. uh, but but I'm like, but then what are all the things that I'm doing now that I have no idea are wrong? And I just think of right. like, you know, generations of people uh, were, were raised with the belief that women have vaginas and men have penises. And now we're like, um, okay, boomer, you know, and if I went back in a time machine to like 30 years ago and told my mom, like, no, that's actually not right. Uh, she would be like, what are you talking about? You insane pasty person from the future. Uh, <laughs> like what could be wrong with saying Paste. that men have penises where it's like now, you know, now we know that like anybody can have a penis and like right. you know to be honest like lesbians we've had penises this whole time we just keep them in the drawers we build uh next to our yeah, beds yep. but <laughs> you, you know make but, that your election slogan right there right <laughs> <That's incredible. laughs> we've all had dicks uh yeah. yeah amazing uh but you know so i'll try to like talk about that kind of stuff on stage and everybody's just so uncomfortable uh, like as soon as I bring up like gender and genitalia and I'm like okay I need to like make sure that this is perfect before I trot it out in front of any real audience or like anywhere where I'm gonna get recorded because <laughs> like <laughs> you know I it's yeah you, you just gotta try and, and I think it's good though I think it forces us to be more more creative and more thoughtful right. and have comedy be mm -hmm. a lot more inclusive because when you watch like movies from the 80s the punchlines are literally like rape like revenge of the nerds is like isn't this funny this woman's being fucked by someone different than who she thinks is fucking her what a gag <laughs> and it's like yeah it's, oh, yeah, that's rape. It is rape. <laughs> yeah seriously oh uh, man like the reevaluation so, of so many things <laughs> Right. So it's like, you know, even though now I'm sure like all my jokes are going to be trash in the future, uh, it's it, it is good to challenge ourselves to be to be a lot more thoughtful. And I don't see it necessarily like as a handicap, like sometimes, you know, do I do wish I wasn't so stressed out about things and had the the confidence to just go out there like some like, uh, you know, Jessica Kirsten is a great example. She's a lesbian comic. She just had this special out and she um, does impressions towards she's really good at doing voices and stuff. And in her jokes, she does impressions of um, of black people. Now, the black people aren't the butt of the joke. She's just doing like an act out and sing talks about like uh people singing happy birthday and how it was like different going to um a black birthday party versus a family party of of all white people 
And when I watched that, I'm like, ooh, I bet there are some thought pieces about this. And I Googled it. <laughs> and I was so uncomfortable for her watching because I'm like, I don't I didn't think we could do that anymore. And then right. uh, there were no tweets, no thought pieces. She didn't get any shit for it. And I'm like, OK, there's just so much nuance and what people are OK with mm-hmm. and what people aren't aren't okay with and uh you really have to and she's been doing stand-up for i want to say like 20 years you know uh so you you really have to like earn the ability to be able to pull off those those jokes yep yep. right and and i like what you said where like it forces you to be more thoughtful and creative and be like is this actually like what i want to put out there at the risk of it being criticized or praised or come you know falling completely flat whatever right so i like that idea right about like it it is like the stress in your life but it also is i I think your comedy is great so you know maybe making you a better comic yeah and to play angel's advocate my whole thing is like when you say that you know your jokes will probably be trash in the future what i what i think is important about like you know diking out and other podcasts like ours let's hang out like things that we've done in our season and the things we talk about and our attempt at trying to be funny in this wave of correctedness i think that it's it's important that like we it's i think i think what i love about it and i love about the podcast your podcast is that like you are setting the tone um for a lot for the future of comedy which is which is which is just a giant question mark much like every other thing that's going on in our lives and so i think that i think that like uh, even though it's it's I know it's anxiety for for you. I know it's anxiety for myself and Trent. Like we always are talking about these episodes and the podcast and how it's going to go and what we're trying to put out there. And I think that, you know, as we go along, it gets easier. But I think that that it's adding to, uh, I guess, a sense of ease for a lot of other people who want to get into the space of comedy or stand up or podcasting even because they're able to look at examples, which is what I love about uh, what we've been doing with with uh like guests in this season is is talking to people is because we I learn a lot and that helps me I know it's going to help whatever I choose to endeavor and talk about other people in the future so I think it's I think yeah. it's really important that you know I that's why like, I'm like keep going because it's so nice that people are are uh, uncomfortable trying to be correct and trying to be funny and outgoing in themselves just like I am if that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, you know, and as much as we try to be careful, sometimes after an episode or we'll get like feedback from a listener and Melody and I will be like, for Christ's sake, this is a podcast called Diking Out. <laughs> and <laughs> these people are getting so bent out of shape for things that are like clearly jokes that we're making. And I do think like, while... You know, while we're asking like comedians and any public figures uh, to be more thoughtful about their their language and what what they're saying and like who their jokes are, you know, criticizing or who's the butt of the joke and that kind of stuff. And that that's all very important. But I think on the other end of it too we need to ask people to just like chill out a tiny bit like we don't have to be angry or assume the worst about everything like just seeing 
I mean, Twitter is such a hellscape and I know it's not a reflection of reality, but a lot of times people just assume the worst intentions out of us when we're really just trying to make people laugh. And I think if you just like take a second to think about things, you can tell like whether or not someone's truly just being a shitty person or if maybe it was like a misfire or or whatever and just like give them a a little bit of a break and uh you know Michelle Wolf has this joke in her latest special about how she like posted a picture of her um or of like baby otters at the zoo or something and was like I love otters and somebody was like otters rape baby seals (laughs) and like it's like you can't just like otters you know without somebody just trying to be like how dare you promote otters oh my gosh (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, no. The the, the best part of that joke, and she's like, how do you know that's why? That's not why I love otters. (laughs) I love that they're raping babies. Oh, yeah, no. It's like it's 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 between being correct and being patient. It's kind of in that middle um, that but it's it's difficult in in today's world where, you know, it's sensitivity is just high and and I and I see that for myself a lot and so I totally get that but yeah there's also like a patience part of it that uh we we're having to relearn um but it's not an easy one and and because and just just rightfully so just because of the amount of people that are able to say things and they're just it's just backward thinking and things like that but no I I like what you say about uh of finding that patience for for people and and not always assuming that they're just like a shitty person because I know the three of us aren't and I love Melody <laughs> so yeah oh, so you. I know that she isn't either. <laughs> we want to end with playing a game. Yes. Uh, yeah, and this week we're going to be playing Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> okay. And so it's the game of fuck, marry, and ghost. We don't like to kill on the show. So fuck is obviously, you know, just one and done. Marry, someone you want to spend your life with. And then ghost is maybe you go on a few dates, maybe you have some encounters, but then you ghost them. Great. I love this game. Okay. So the first round for me is comedians. Okay. So, you know, fellow, fellow genre. So I've got fuck, marry, ghost. Hannah Gatsby. Ellen DeGeneres or Emma Willman? <gasps> oh no, this is weird because Emma and I are friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, you know, I would say, man, um, I would marry Emma because I do think she's just like a wonderful person, and um, as like obligated, <laughs> yeah, as somebody who has already been divorced, uh, you know, I it's important to know the person you're marrying um, and spend time getting to know them. So I would marry her. I would probably fuck Hannah Gatsby and ghost Ellen. Wow. Okay. A power move. (laughs) Let let me tell you. Let me tell you. I saw Ellen's uh, sex scene in If These Walls Could Talk To and... it's like the the passion of a of a hot dog bun. It's like it's the most vanilla sex scene I've ever seen. So you know, at least at least Hannah would be like rage fucking me or something. Yes, I love that. Amazing, absolutely well, great choice. Those are great ones. Okay, oh I I went. My first one was just actresses because I just and they're ones that I have like crushes on. So that's why I, I was I chose them. Are you, are you ready for this? I'm ready. 
All right. Kate Blanchett, Gwyneth Paltrow, or Sharice Theron? Oh, okay. This is easy. I would marry oh. Kate Blanchett. <laughs> yes. Um, I would fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> yeah, she's got some um, weird stuff on Goop. <laughs> I was just going to say so I can leave an accurate review as to whether or not that candle really does smell like her vagina. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. I want to do the, the work. Is working. Yeah, I want to let the consumers know if she's for real. And then Charlie Sparon wow. has just never done it for me, so I would ghost okay, her. Okay. Yeah. All right. Love that. All right. Last one for me. This is actors. And specifically characters, okay? Oh, okay. So I've got Bette Porter, <gasps> oh, gosh. Alice Piazetsky, or Shane McCutcheon. Oh, okay. So easy. Um, Ghost Shane. What? <laughs> okay. I have, I have never understood Shane, and my mom is, like, weirdly obsessed with her. Like, my well, mom... Well, that's will... Shane's MO, right? Like, right, Like, getting right. all the straight women. I know. My mom is just like, I love her voice. I love her smile, her eyes. <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah. Mom. I, like, I thought we were watching this show for different reasons. Um, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Well, that's the pre- Okay. All right. Yeah. Hot take here. Not yeah. Shane right. to fuck. Not Shane. Um, definitely fuck uh, Bette Porter and oh, Mary yeah. and Mary Al. Well, actually, this is this is tough because Alice is like a little bit crazy, but Bette's also kind of a shitty wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. On I both would, the original I, and the reboot. Yeah. Yeah. I. I would I would sleep with Bet and then uh, marry Alice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, awesome. Interesting. <laughs> I love like, that. Your mom. I'm just like not yeah, over that yet. So. Let me tell Rich, you. What's your next guest? Um, okay. So then I, my next uh, category, I went with uh, comedian actresses. Okay. So they've been like on television media. So Kate McKinnon, Aquafina, or Rebel Wilson. Okay. Oh. Um, I mean, I would marry Kate McKinnon. Uh, yeah, that'd be so fun. Because she's like full-blown Les, but also she's a great human uh, all around from what I know. Uh, and then and then I would fu- fuck Aquafina because she has yeah. Uh, yeah. big dyke energy. And then, yeah. I'm sorry, I have, to, I have to ghost Rebel. She seems kind of insane. <laughs> yeah, so you can connect a few times and then just be like, yeah, all right. It's yeah, good. she's like very funny, but like, wasn't there that whole thing where like she was possibly lying about like a lot of things about her life? Uh, do you remember that? There was like this controversy yeah. around her lying about like her name and her age and all this stuff. And then I don't know, it was a whole dust up. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I went, I just went full range of like the last like four YouTube videos I watched of Kimmy and I was like, because she, <laughs> She, I don't know. They always just get me like the perfect sketch or the perfect speech. I just love it. Yeah, I, I also think. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, I think we should hold it against Rebel Wilson for being in Cats. I don't think anybody should sleep or marry <laughs> with anybody who is in Cats. Yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't marry that. You can't come back from that. Everyone in that movie, no. they just can't come back. No. It's, oh my god. That's a boner killer. That's it really is. <laughs> so well, Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us. We're so happy to talk to you and we love your podcast, Diking Out. Thank you. Um, where else can folks find you? So we're uh, at Diking Out on all social media and you can go to dikingout.com or subscribe to us.
us wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you listen to, to Mask for Mask. And you can yeah. follow me personally at TGI Carolyn on uh, all social media. And then if you go to cbcomedy.com, you can see uh, what comedy shows I have coming up. I'm going to be in Alaska doing some comedy in the Alaska Before You Die comedy festival. So if you're in or around Anchorage, um, April 1st through 5th, yes. <laughs> I'll be there and I'll be recording a live Diking Out episode. And then uh, Melody and I are going to be in LA and we're going to be putting on um, big dikey comedy show at Akbar on April 12th, which apparently is Easter. Who knew? Uh, yes. And then <laughs> what a perfect, what a perfect uh, event Easter, for the day. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, And then we're going to be in Las Vegas at Clexicon. Love that. And and also, again, uh, just from me, I love Dyking Out. I've been like binge listening all week and it has been so fun. (laughs) Like the theme song, the intro, like the the guests. uh, It's just like it feels I just like I'm like jealous. I always I'm like, I just want to be there like on a couch just listening yeah. just like i would be like the like the most loud like audience like laughing laughing track <laughs> oh it's so good we, ha- we have a lot of fun we have a lot of fun cool. well thank you so much carolyn thank you bye okay were we wrong obviously you're now obsessed with carolyn you're gonna be obsessed <laughs> with diking out like get over spread the love laugh a little <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say spread the legs. Sorry, yeah. that's why I oh. thought you were going to say Well, do that too. <laughs> spread the legs and spread the love. You could do both at the same time. I, I just went super and I was like, spread the love. love. Got it. Yes, it's all about love. <laughs> Sorry. Before we sign off this episode, we have to, of course, do our new little segment that we're calling Stroke Our Ego. Stroke Our Ego. Okay, I'm gonna go first this time. You ready? So this little comment came from someone very close and special to us, Mr. Scott Evans, aka Zachary's boyfriend, aka my musical best friend, aka LA's hottest man alive. AKA, um, AKA, I'm like, where are we going with this? Just to spread the love. Spread the legs, spread the love. So um, this one, he actually screenshot our uh, podcast and posted it. Um, and then he said, follow these boys. Too funny to not have more people listening. Three exclamation points. Wow, three. He's All screaming three. it to the world. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. You're the best. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for stroking. Yes. <laughs> All right. Zach. This next one comes from iTunes. It comes from Bizzle Dizzle Double. Oh, okay. <laughs> Title, Smart and Funny. Five stars. Chris and Trent are great new voices to the podcast scene. This is great. So thank you, Bizzle Dizzle Double. I feel like I'm oh, like doing a, a focus now. Like Bizzle Dizzle Double. I can't even say it. Well, we love all of you. Thank you so much for supporting us for the show. Head over to m m Podcast on Instagram. Spread some love. <laughs> the, the word of the day, love. Uh, head over to iTunes. Leave a comment there. Uh, but on that note, thanks for listening. And see you next week. Make good choices. Always. Bye. Bye. <laughs>